I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go! What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you guys by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN as we go live. It is Monday, April 11th. We are, what, three weeks away from having a full-on discussion of what happened in the NFL draft. It is. It's getting here closer or sooner and sooner. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, we are. I think last I heard it was like what sixteen days, seventeen days away. It's the twenty eighth, so seventeen. Seventeen days away. I'm glad you did the math because I would have guessed like thirty. So we are just seventeen days away. I cannot wait. As always, though, we have got Dennis and Matt here with this gentleman. What uh, What's going on? How was your guys' weekend? You know, I had a pretty good weekend, kind of hung out yesterday, kind of tweaking rankings, doing editing. For whatever reason, the uh, the wife let me just kind of tinker on the computer most of the day. Did a couple little small outdoor projects. It, it was actually kind of nice. The boy's girlfriend come over and hung out, so she was here for a little bit. We had some dinner. You know, now I'm... It's... Work is crazy. My wife's birthday is Thursday. And, you know, when we when we do our show on Friday, I'll be doing it from our little getaway. Um, and, you know, I'll either be headed for divorce court or, you know, a champion, one or the other. Yeah, it's spring here, which means it's been a windy week and getting ready for uh, already have the high wind warnings up for tomorrow, so looking forward to that. Yeah, let me tell you what, Matt. This is bullshit. I have, I mean, I don't know what is going on this year. For those of you who may not know, like I do a lot of spring practice stuff for the Campus of Canton YouTube channel, just kind of give it every, it's spring practice right now for college. It's a lot of really great news going on. If you've watched my last couple of videos, and I'm hoping I don't have any issues today, the wind has been so bad in Texas that it's literally like blown the stuff that I have on the outside of my house for the internet off of my effing house. And I had to spend like all day, like we were supposed to have a show Friday night. Luckily I ended up having to go to a baby shower, which worked out best anyways. Cause I don't even know if my internet would have been working, which I will say maybe was like a, a, a you know, a sign from the man up above. If you want to put it that way, like, 
it was needed because I was getting like on the burnt end of a candle with some of the stuff that we've been working. I was had I pretty much had to take the entire weekend off, which was nice. I got to go. We took uh, kids to an Eggapalooza. We went and saw Sonic too. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I absolutely loved it. It was awesome. I, I had a great time at the theaters. So it was it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But yeah, I'm hoping that everything is good. It's still saying. Like I'm looking right at my router and it's still saying that the broadband isn't working. I don't know what the hell that even means, but I'm working. I know that I'm live. That's all that matters at the moment. We're just hoping we can make it through a show. And for today's show, we are going to be talking about rookies. Uh, we're going to do a lot of just kind of discussing some some rookie landing spots, what we think of them at every single position, just kind of getting you guys prepared for what could possibly be coming down the pipeline in the next couple of weeks. But before we do do that, there is a couple you news items that uh, we need to get to before uh, before that happens. So I'm going to save the the big one for the end. So in case we want to have a, a longer discussion on that again, since we were not able to go live Friday, the saints and the Eagles did make a trade um, before last time that we were live. Uh, the Eagles get pick 16 and 18. Matt, what were your thoughts here on the trade uh, with the saints moving up to get an extra pick? Yeah. So now they have two first round picks. I mean, the, the logical thing would be that they added a first round and moved up to get a quarterback, which feels a little bit weird since they just re-signed Jameis Winston and then they signed Andy Dalton and I think they signed somebody else too. But that would be the most Saints move of all time. It could also just be that they're trying to rebuild uh, their roster without a lot of cap space, but I would imagine wide receiver probably pretty high on the list as well. Yeah, I think the, the Saints, I think, are – in on Jameis for the next couple years. They know sort of they're in a cap strap situation. Um, they've got Kamara. They had to let Taron Armstead walk. Their defense is really good. I, I think they believe that they can win. And so I don't expect them to trade for a quarterback. I, I feel like they're going to try to fortify their receivers, You know, draft at least one receiver, uh, maybe go offensive line with the other pick. Uh, I, I like I like it from uh, the standpoint of you know if you're playing fantasy and you're 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 close, you either need to tear it down like Atlanta is doing, or you need to go for it like uh, the Saints are doing. Uh, at some point, uh, it'll fall down. So when the Saints run, they will run out of money. I get it. The cap's going to keep going up. And it's going to keep recovering and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So a lot of teams are making moves this year with the expectation there's going to be another spike in the cap in the next year or two. Uh, so I don't think they're going quarterback. I think they'll go receiver and probably O-line. I'm interested that you think that they're close enough to go for it because I feel I don't the opposite so. way about I, the Saints. I don't think they. I don't think they are. I think they think they are. Some of the reporting that I've heard from guys like Nick Underhill and Taron Arm or uh, uh, not Taron Armstead. Uh, there's somebody else down there that reports on the Saints that flows through my timeline. But I think the the Saints think they're close enough to make a push. You know, and once you get in the playoffs, it's about who's the healthiest healthiest and the hottest so you know they maybe they can't get past tampa but you know they certainly uh, i think they're going to be better than carolina and atlanta yeah i mean i i don't 
I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I don't think they're far off of possibly making the playoffs. I mean, they didn't miss by much last year, right? And I think the NFC's gotten weaker, at least compared to the moves we've seen and what the AFC teams have been making. Now, I would definitely not put them as Super Bowl contenders, but I do think that there's a chance they make it in the playoffs. I do kind of agree with Dennis on the move. Uh, We did talk to uh, Eric Moody from ESPN on Monday. The trade happened last Monday. We went live with him. Uh, So we kind of discussed it a little bit as he is a Saints fan, and he said that he does not think they'll go quarterback either. Um, he, he pays very close attention to the Saints, so shout out to him. And I, I do agree with you guys, though. It feels like they're probably just trying to to load up on some pieces and, and see what Jameis Winston does. I mean, he was good for the most part before the injury, so maybe he bounces back and has um, a, a decent season there and is able to kind of keep them in contention. Now, it seems to be the new trend nowadays uh, when you are either upset with your team or looking for a new contract. You have your social media manager scrub everything on your social media for whatever team that you are playing for. And the new trend or the new person doing this is Debo Samuel. Dennis, do you think there is any fire or smoke here on what Debo is doing, removing all the 49er stuff off of his social media? All right. So Debo wants a new contract. He's 26. He's in the final year of his deal. Um, he's making four and a half million dollars. You know, that's when you compare the year he had last year to what some of these other guys are making, it seems a little out of whack. Here's my deal. Debo has only really done it for a year. He's showed flashes. He's been good, but Last year, he he just took a leap that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I think that people thought he was good. I just don't think they thought he would play that good. Well, of course he wants to cash in. He's in the final year. He wants to make the most of it. And that's part of the leverage that the players have now. It's a different era. It's not the 70s. It's not the 80s. It's not the early 2000s even. You know, you join the team, you're all happy and you're posting their logos everywhere. And then when it's time to uh, talk turkey, you're like, I'm going to take all that stuff down. It's almost like Christmas decorations. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. We've seen this happen a couple of times. Obviously, Kyler Murray did it earlier this offseason. Doesn't appear like he's going anywhere. The only, the only thing that makes you wonder is we've seen some of these wide receivers move a little bit this offseason, uh, and we know there are some teams looking. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, San Francisco would be a big mistake for them to move Samuel without uh, some other kind of plan because their offense was starting to come together. And if you really believe in Trey Lance, I don't, but if they really believe in Trey Lance and want to set him up to succeed, I wouldn't start shipping his weapons out of town, especially a guy that's got those diverse skill sets. He was as big a force on the ground as he was almost as a receiver. Yeah. I mean, I think there has to be some, you know, fire here. Cause it just seems like that is what everybody's doing. Whether or not this means he gets paid or gets traded. I'm going to be honest. I don't care anymore. Like I'm so 
I, I'm, and I understand that this is the era we live in, and that's just kind of the way things are done. But God, it's so frustrating. I, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about this stuff. It almost makes me just wish the uh, training camp was here and the season was here, so we could stop kind of talking about that stuff. Uh, some serious news did though happen this weekend on Saturday as. Um, Dwayne Haskins was unfortunately struck by a car and uh, ended his life. Uh, he passed away Saturday. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff on social media about the way things were and weren't handled. Um, I'm not going to mess with that right now because I feel like it's just not worth talking about when you're talking about a young man who lost his life. I will say as being a Buckeyes fan, and I'm sure Dennis probably feels the same way, watching a kid who... You've seen the videos, and I know that there has been some circulating circulating on uh, Twitter, at least, when he was a kid uh, going into the locker room wearing the number seven jersey and saying all he wanted to do was to be an Ohio State Buckeye, to be able to live out his dream, um, and not just live it out, but have a season of seasons. I mean, he broke records at Ohio State doing what he did. It wasn't, you know, a season that uh, we, at least I will forget anytime soon. It was a great season, great year for him. Um, just, it, it's obviously horrible that he he lost his life, but he got to do something that I would say not even 1% of the population gets to do. So he got to live his life. I'm, I'm just obviously prayers up to his family, loved ones, friends, anybody who knew him. Because everything that you heard from Ohio State or teammates that play with him in Pittsburgh, Washington talked about like how great of just a person he was, how carefree he was. So just to hear that at 25 years old too, that's always kind of a big thing for me is to hear someone who lost their life. I mean, he's 10 years younger than me. And, and just to, to lose your life like that, I just, I can't imagine what his family is going through and I will continue to uh, keep them in my thoughts and prayers and, and, and just, you know, wish nothing but the best for them and as much love and everything I can send their way. Um, I, I hate to, I hated seeing that Saturday morning. It was, it was kind of a rough morning and I know uh, just talking to some people who, who are up there at Ohio State, I know they are all feeling that a lot as well. Uh, Dennis, just kind of like what, happened what, what what kind of were your thoughts when you saw that unfortunately coming across the timeline saturday morning you know i was kind of in disbelief and then immediately my thoughts went to worst case you know he there were some situations when he was in washington where he wasn't uh as focused as maybe he should have been and he was you know spending his spare time well it was his right to be uh where he went you know, maybe he could have been a little more game prep oriented. He was a supremely talented kid and from all measures, one of the nicest guys. And I felt like he was, to me, it felt like he was turning things around in the NFL. He was only, he's, you know, he's going into his fourth year and he is only 24 years old, going to turn 25. So he came into the league very young. He came into a lot of money very young um, because of his talent a lot of things came easy for him and as you step up in level at some point you hit the ceiling and you hit, a door closes in your face and you got to figure stuff out and it really looked like uh, he was figuring it out in Pittsburgh I don't know that he was ever gonna you know turn it around and become a star in the league but he seemed like he was working towards becoming a productive, uh, productive member of a team, being able to come in and play when needed. Uh, 
I certainly liked his talent, his raw talent, more than Mason Rudolph. But once I heard it was, you know, heard he was down there working out, you saw the videos of him and Najee Harris, and and it looked like he was doing the right things. I don't know why he was where he was when he was. It was, to me, I haven't, I looked today to see if I could get a little more clarity on, you know, was he jogging? What was he out doing? You know, was it a freeway, a highway, just a busy road? I've heard he was trying to cross five lanes and I don't know all the details yet. And I want, you know, his memory to live on as somebody who was joyous and worked hard and while being human was certainly trying to make the best decisions he could as a young man. Yeah, definitely a tragic story. Some of the, um, you know, some of the reactions we've seen uh, from NFL reporters and people have been pretty disappointing. Um, you know, some of the tweets and some of the on-air comments. But it's, you know, I, my heart goes out to his family, also to uh, his Steelers teammates because they were down there working out together. It, you know, those kind of things hit you hard. Um it's never easy to lose somebody, especially somebody you know, somebody who's so young. So just a very tragic story. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, especially, like you said, the Steelers, his his family members, Ohio State, who I know he's still very close with a lot of those guys. Like, the amount of time that you have to put in, you know, you hear people talk about that all the time, right? In any sport, not just NFL, baseball, soccer, basketball, like, those guys really kind of become your second family because you have to spend so much time with them. You saw Chase Claypool had a thing on Twitter about just finding out about it. You know, he like Dennis mentioned, there's a video of him with Najee. Like, I think it was 12 hours before the accident occurred. So it's just I, I can't imagine what any of those any of those guys are going through. And just again, my my thoughts and prayers go to all of them. Uh, there's really no easy way to transition from that, so we will just jump right into talking about the quarterbacks. Uh, we've got a lot of dissension around this position in the NFL draft. Uh, some people think we've got multiple QB1s. Some people think we've got a bunch of guys who deserve to go in the third round. The, the evaluations on this quarterback class are all over the place. In this draft, and where where exactly is this these landing spots coming from? Is this McShay's mock? That's what that's McShay's. Yeah, McShay's okay, mock. so so this is from McShay's latest mock. Um, got Kenny Pickett at one hundred six to Carolina, Malik Willis at one twenty to Pittsburgh, Desmond Ritter at one point three two to Detroit, Matt Corral in the second round, fortieth pick to Seattle, Sam Howell comes off the board in the second round, for pick forty eight to Atlanta. Where is Strong going? Not pick. He, he didn't go in the first two rounds of McShay's. Mind. He did not go in the first two rounds. Okay, so Matt, we talked a little bit about this with Eric Moody as well. I think I set the over under at three point five. We've talked a little bit about this on a couple other episodes on how many we think go in the first round. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. And I'm sure we'll do this one more time at least and give our full on when once the draft is here over unders but where are you sitting right now on over unders let's just say 3.5 on how many qbs go in the first round yeah so for me i think i'm going to go under i feel fairly confident that at least two go i think carolina takes one at six um just 
on the sad trajectory of their franchise in the Matt Rule era. I do think Detroit ends up taking one, but not at two, probably at 32. And I think somebody, I think you're right, is going to come up in the middle there and grab one. But I think there are, there are a handful of teams that could be interested in a quarterback that are going to wait and take them in the second round because they have somebody that can start for them this year. Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I feel like three is the right number, but I feel that to me it seems like somebody is going to convince themselves they need to have that fifth-year option and they're going to trade up. You know, I could see Cincinnati moving back a little bit. They they want to get continue to get more pieces for their team and continue to build. Um, so... I, I'm gonna if I had to bet today and put money on it, I'm gonna bet over three and a half just because you you can't miss. Um, it feels I mean, you can't miss by not taking your shot when somebody is there. And, and some of these guys, you know, we just don't know with this class. there were we've had other classes where the talent was just so, so evident. And like you said, this class is all over. To see Pickett go at 106 and Willis not go till 120 to me, I, I feel like that was bonkers. I I could see it being the opposite way um, with Willis at six and um, Pickett at 20. But both teams need quarterbacks of the future, Carolina and, and the Steelers, um, Detroit for that matter. But Detroit, you know, it's confusing. What you hear coming out of Detroit is that they believe if they put the right team around uh, Jared Goff that they're going to be able to win. And, well, I guess theoretically you can. He he did get to the Super Bowl once. And coaches are every bit as egotistical as players, if not more. So I could see Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes saying, you know, no, we're not going to take a quarterback. We're going to continue to build our defense, which is weak, or our wide receiver core, which is weak. Um, but it's a, it's not a, a, a super duper class, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't. I'm really torn on this class. I, I like a couple of the players, and I don't think they're quite as bad as as at least some people give this class credit for, but they don't have, it's hard to follow up a class where you had Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and even Mac Jones, who a lot of people did not like, who ended up probably, you could argue, had the best rookie season out of all those guys last year. It's just, it's hard to follow up a class like that. I do think there are quite a, at least three that I really think could be something at the NFL level, but the biggest thing with all those guys are, I think they just need time. And in this day and age, we haven't quite seen that with the quarterback position. I really think Trey Lance has been kind of the latest one. We really did not see much of him at all this year. They really kind of let Jimmy G play it out. And I remember at the beginning of last year, I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I specifically said I thought uh, Trey Lance would get in after three or four games because he was the future, and they didn't. They held him out. Malik Wills being the main one. I think he really needs to sit for like an entire year. I would go over as well. Just because I think once you get it past a certain part in this draft, and I'd say probably around player 20 to 24-ish, and Matt has been doing a bunch of mocks with me as well, I kind of feel like a lot of those players are just kind of like you can grab them whenever, 
And I feel like at that point, I agree with what Dennis has been saying, that someone's just going to move up and grab one of these guys as just so they can have that fifth-year fifth option because that matters so much in trying to figure out if this quarterback's going to be good. You know, that way you, you keep them on your team for one more year before you have to pay them. Who's that going to be? I have no idea because I, I for sure, Matt Corral is my QB one in this class. And there's been a lot of mocks that I've seen lately where he's going in the second round. So I would not be surprised if we only see two quarterbacks go in the first round this year. It's definitely more up in the air than it has been the past couple seasons. Matt, yeah, what teams- that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, I have a question no, for you for both yeah, of you. So McShay has uh Pickett going to Carolina at six. Do you think if that scenario plays out, that Pickett comes in and starts over Darnold? I mean, they're about the same age. I honestly don't know. I think that's a Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn situation, if I can use it that way. Like, I think if if Pickett comes into camp and plays well, then yes. I, I think like Sam Darnold is going to have the shortest of least shortest leashes. Like it's it's going to be ridiculous, but I think if Pickett doesn't come in there and play really well in camp, like Russell Wilson did when he was a rookie for the Seahawks, then they'll still play Darnold. I mean, I, I think Pickett. There's two p- quarterbacks I think you could throw in day one and they'd be fine, and that's Pickett and Ritter, just due to their age, how long they've been playing, um, and and from everything, at least at least I've, I've read on Ritter. I'm not very big on Pickett. I'm just going to be honest. Ritter seems to have like a very good NFL mind IQ. I did a lot of research on him where he was in the, the, in the play calling room with Lou Fickle and their offensive coordinator, who is now at LSU. And I can't remember his name, but he was in there like drawing up what they were going to be running offensive, offensive odds with the coaches every single week. He was in there watching film with the coaches and deciding what they were going to put in the playbook. Not a lot of quarterbacks get that. So I do think that he would be ready to go from an IQ standpoint and then pick it as well, um, if they depending on where they were drafted. But I do think they would have to be good in camp. So if you had to give me now, I'd say it's a 50-50 shot. I'd probably lean pick it because we know what Darnold is, but I, I don't know that I'd feel great about it. And I feel like Carolina's management is out on Darnold. At least Matt Rule seemed to be. So, yeah, that's my thing. So does Matt Rule use bringing in a rookie quarterback as his crutch to get another year if the team stinks to high hell again? I think if he doesn't have a decent season, he's gone regardless. It just seems like that that relationship has really soured compared to what it was a couple of years ago. So I but don't that know that it make matters it better, either. though. So you bring in Pickett. He struggles because he's a rookie. It's not a great class. He may not be great. You fire the coach you drafted him. Now you've got a quarterback that maybe the new coach isn't in on, and the team is just like. I, I mean, know. I agree with you. I I think it's a horrible pick if you're just asking me personally. Now, again, I don't work in any NFL front office. I'm sitting in a chair down in Texas in a, in a little office. Like, I'm not working in the NFL, but – if you were asking me, I would do what the Chiefs did, and I would try and just build out my team and grab quarterback. Then this just there's so many other holes. Like Carolina is not a quarterback away from being a contender. They're just not. They don't have any second round pick. I believe. I don't even think they have the third round pick. I would not be taking a quarterback at six. I would take the best player available, play one more year with Sam Darnold, 
and then go from there. I don't know that you couldn't get a Jimmy G in free agency or whatever. Like I know that Matt rule doesn't want to do that because he, I think realizes he's on the hot seat as well. And he wants to try and win. I would definitely not grab Kenny Pickett. I just don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be that good at the NFL level. That's just my opinion. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's they're set up for failure in all honesty, whichever way they go. If if they take them, and or I guess I should Matt Rule is. I don't know that Carolina is set up for failure. Matt Rule, right. I think, is set up for failure regardless. So I don't know. Set up for failure, the Carolina Panthers story. It has a nice ring to it. Matt, what teams do you think will look for quarterback in the NFL? <clears throat> Well, I already said I think Carolina takes one. Uh, my thought about Detroit is not that they want him to start right away, but because they have the luxury of Jared Goff and sitting in there and they actually have some nice pieces. They were frisky last year. I think they could win, but that's a team I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think Pittsburgh at some point takes a development, You know, whether that's first round or wait to see what drops to you in the second round. Um, Seattle would be another candidate to me. Washington, I don't know that they're all in on – on Carson Wentz or that anyone can be all in on Carson Wentz right now. Philadelphia has shown uh, proclivities toward, toward wanting to have other options uh, behind Jalen Hurts. The New York Giants would not surprise me. They've paid lip service to being all in on Daniel Jones, but they haven't picked up that fifth-year option. They sort of hedged their bets by getting Tyrod Taylor. wouldn't surprise me if they saw somebody they like drop into the second round that Brian Dayball thinks he can work with for a few years and new Orleans. I I wouldn't be surprised if they took a development. I think if teams are honestly looking at this more as not that it's a bad class, but more of a, you you should have a plan for 2022. Most of the teams that entered the off season where we thought they had a real question at quarterback have at least given themselves a 2022 option which is probably what you would do if you evaluated this class as a group of guys that maybe you don't want to throw out there on week one. And honestly, we saw that 2021 class that was celebrated. Those guys did not all have a lot of instant success. I mean, we have had a lot of moments of pause, even for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, because of what the adjustment to a really mediocre NFL team can be. So maybe that's some of the thought for for these teams as well. No, I would love to see Ritter go to Tennessee and sit behind Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill's, the sun is setting. I think his skill set is very similar with the mobility, good arm. Um, They don't have a second round pick, so I don't see them taking him in the first round. I think that would be a beautiful fit. Um, You know, at some point... Tampa's got to, they got to bring in somebody to, to, you know, compete with Kyle Trask in, you know, 2027. Um, Is this the year they do that? Uh, You know, there's, you know, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, all, all good. I think the hard, here's the hard part for me is they're all developmental quarterbacks. So you, by and large, so you really want to take them in the second round. You don't want to spend that high draft capital on them, but because they need some time to develop, you really want to have that extra year of contract to keep them around to make sure you're setting them up for success and you're not having to pay them too early. Uh, it's, it's quite a conundrum there. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, you mentioned Atlanta. I actually would love to see Desmond Ritter go there. Um, They really only have Marcus Mariota, who I think Ritter kind of compares favorably to him. On top of that, we saw what Arthur Smith was able to do with Ryan Tannehill. And I think every a lot of people I've seen comped him to Ryan Tannehill as in Desmond Ritter to Ryan Tannehill. So I think him going to Atlanta would be really intriguing because of what Smith was able to do for Tannehill. I think it'd be a great spot for Ritter. I, I mean, obviously the easy ones are Pittsburgh. I've seen a lot of people mocking Malik Wills to Pittsburgh at 20. Um, you know, we know that they need a quarterback. Would they be willing to take a Malik Willis when, in my opinion, they are really a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. I feel like he's the furthest away from being ready. You know, does Indy take one? Houston, I know they said that they're all in on Davis Mills, but I, I don't know if I would be. I think the only division that's like really set with their quarterbacks is, uh, is the AFC West. There they really seem to be the only division in the AFC that's set with their quarterbacks. You go into the North. I do think Detroit likely does. I mean, uh, why well, I forgot what his name is now for the life of me, but um, uh, who's their head coach? The dude. Dan Campbell. Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell. He, he has talked a lot about the, like if a quarterback that they like falls, they, they will grab somebody. So I think that they may have their eye on a quarterback or two. I don't think that they want to build around Jared Goff. I think that's just kind of the talk right now. I think that's kind of the coach speak. But I do think if, if one falls in the right spot, they might do it. I don't know that Tampa Bay would. Um, I don't remember who brought this up. It may have been Eric last week, but mm-hmm. I agree with what he said. Like I'd love Baker to go there sit there for a year behind Tom Brady and then compete for that job next year with Kyle Trask. If Brady does end up moving on, I think that'd be a good spot for him. You know, new Orleans is also a team that I think could, but will they, I, I don't know. There's so many different landing spots. It's, it's going to be very intriguing to see what, um, what they do. Matt, just give me one here. Or Dennis, I'm sorry. Just give me one. Where Where is one quarterback you would really like to see land on a certain team? Whether it's just like really great fit, you think they've got a shot to start right away. What's one spot you'd like to see him go? Well, I, I like the uh, Ritter to Tennessee, even though that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know. I feel like going... I, you know, Sam Howell is my guy in this draft. Maybe Howell to Tennessee to sit behind uh, Tannehill because he's somebody that they that may last until later in the second round, and that would give Tennessee the opportunity uh, to move up and get him. Um, I don't know Howell seems to have a little swagger, so he might he might have what it takes to make it in New York. Um, that's that's possible to go in there and kind of be the understudy to Daniel Jones in case Jones flops on his face. Uh, I don't think Philadelphia has taken one this year. I, I think they they acquired, they swapped that 22 first for a 23 first with the express purpose of saying, we want to watch uh, Jalen Hurts one more year before we're in a position. Um, you know, the Colts are going to need one. So I used to be of the thought that Carson Strong was gonna would be a natural fit behind Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He's probably a late second, third round pick. 
He could sit behind him. Well, Ryan's no longer in Atlanta. You know, I'm not 100% clear what direction Arthur Smith is taking things just yet. So maybe Strong going to uh, Indianapolis and sitting behind Ryan for a year or two, learning the NFL game. You know, he doesn't, he's not mobile, but he can throw the ball real well. Yeah, I think the the interesting one for me is going to be, I think Detroit takes somebody um, down at the end, and I, I don't expect them to have a big role in 2022, but I like what Detroit is building there, and I like the, the culture. I would be interested in seeing Sam Howell land there. Yeah, I know Felix, who is also a uh, Detroit Lions fan, has been talking about he'd love if they could grab Sam Howe with like that 32nd pick or like that first pick they have in the second round uh, and, and kind of keep that going. I mean, I, I do like how he's my QB too. I think he'd be a great fit to pair with Dan Campbell. Uh, but outside of that, I don't really have a great – like I still really like Ritter to Atlanta like so just because of what Arthur Smith was able to do with Tannehill, and I think he could really kind of use Ritter's strengths uh, in that offense and, and really kind of get the best out of him like he has Ryan Tannehill. All right, let's talk a little bit about the running back rookie landing spots here. So he does have, I believe if I'm reading this right, do Hall, Walker, and Spiller go in the first three rounds? Yes. No, I don't think I saw any in there. In the first You're three muted, rounds? Dennis. He only did two rounds in the one that oh, we were looking okay. at. Makes a little bit more sense. All right, so, Matt, do any running backs go in round one? And yes or no on that. If well, I'll follow up the second one. Hang on. How many, how many, do you think any running backs go in round one? I do don't think any of them go in the first round. Um, you know, we when we originally mocked, we had, um, you know, like one sneaking into the bottom of the first round. But I tend to think that you're going to see one or two of them go in the second round. McShay has two going in the second round. He has Brees Hall to Kansas City Chiefs. And he has that, Kenneth that Walker to Buffalo Bills. Bonkers. Yeah. Um, I think... I don't think any go in the first round. I think one or two at least will go in the second round. Yeah, I, I think the NFL has kind of told us what they think about the uh, running back class this year and the quarterback class by and large. You know, they, they've brought in guys like Mariota and Trubisky as the presumed starters, re-signing Winston, um, making sure Brady didn't retire. Uh, there's not a lot of starter positions to fill there are some that can be had by performance but there's not a lot of running back spots uh available you know mcshay mcshay's draft uh for kansas city so yeah they got Brees hall at 50 which is crazy and then they're the other i think didn't he have him trade one pick um yeah i think he had him he traded uh pick 29 uh they traded it to uh the chargers so but then his other pick was boye mafe he actually had kansas city trading up with the chargers to get a wide receiver yeah because they have two first round picks okay because of the trading tyree kill they have those two back-to-back picks late in the first round so 
I, and I, I think they probably oh, yeah. will get a wide receiver somewhere. It's they crazy tra- to me. Traded like, up to 17 and picked Jamison Williams. Like, if they come out of this draft with Jamison Williams and Brees Hall, Boye Mafe, I mean, that's that's just crazy. Yeah, I don't think any go in the first round either. Uh, I've said it before on on some different shows that I think the next there's two running backs in the future I, I could see maybe pushing for first round draft capital. That's Bijan coming out next year, and then Travion Henderson coming out in two years. Those got because of just how talented they are and and how diverse they are in the receiving game as well. Maybe someone takes a shot on them in the first round, but I kind of feel like. And we've talked about this before. The second round is the new first round for running backs. And I do expect at least two. I think Walker and, and Hall both go in the second round. Spiller, I think, probably deserves. But I know a lot of people have kind of soured on him after the, the poor testing. I think on tape, he is still one of my favorite running backs in this class. I, I think at worst, he goes third round. Dennis, beyond the big three, are there any you think could see a value shift based on landing spot and draft capital? Oh, oh, definitely. Um, I think if you got guys that are going in round three, um, somebody like Zamir White, uh, you know, he's going to have a role for a team. He's a bruiser. He runs hard. Uh, while his little hands have not led to a big fumbling problem yet, well, wait to see if that continues in the NFL. I think somebody like God <coughs> White uh, is somebody with, because of his pass catching ability that can definitely carve out a role. Um, James Cook is another guy that I really like. And I'm not out on Kyron Williams. I think Williams can be a James White type of back. Um, very productive in the passing game. Good in pass protection. And while at 190, what, 95 pounds, 99 pounds, um, he isn't big, but he's got the willingness to stick his head in there. So I do like James Cook. If I had to pick somebody to do, to have sort of a, you know, a Chris Carson type of um, late later round pick and kind of step into a role, you know, we seem to always get somebody that's picked on day three or late day two, um, somebody like Jordan Howard or Chris Carson that kind of, uh, James Robinson that kind of steps up. Um, you know, I feel like Rashad White is that guy. If he if he lasts until round four, he's big. He's 214 pounds, six foot tall, catches the ball really well. Uh, he runs well. His vision is a little bit suspect, and he's a little bit upright and can be knocked uh, off balance somewhat. But I do like Rashad White a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be people – there's going to be a few backs that go somewhere in the third or even the early fourth. To me, it's not even so much which round they they go to as getting an opportunity. We've seen even last year uh, a lot of the running backs slid further and further back. You know, you saw Javante Williams go up early in the second. Obviously, Najee Harris went in the first round. But somebody like Michael Carter, who I like coming into this, he was at top of the fourth round, but it was a great situation, and we saw him make the most of it. Um, so I think there, it's going to be interesting to see where – 
some of these backs end up going to me, it's not as big of a deal if it's the third or the fourth round, but it's where is the opportunity, you know, where would, did we think teams needed a running back where there's an opportunity for them to get on the field and shine. That's, that's probably where some of the, the rest of the pack is going to distinguish itself for me. Yeah. I feel like round three and four, we're going to have someone like the giants taking a successor to Barkley. You know, I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I think they're going to let him walk. So they're going to be looking for somebody. And, um, you know, Rashad White kind of fits that skill set, being able to pass and run. But when uh, Barkley was out, they used multiple backs. So I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them um, pair, take a back to, to pair up with somebody, you know, a two down back to pair up with a third down back. You know, the Saints, um, there's somebody I could see taking a back late. You know, they've got Ingram, who's, what, 30 years old now. Kamara's, I think, 26, maybe 27. Um, he had to run the ball more than he ever did last year and uh, didn't necessarily uh, – I mean, he had a, he had a good year. Uh, I guess we're so used to him catching 81 passes. Uh, who else? Uh, so for – They signed Connor, but yeah. they need – I think they're going to – like James Cook would be great in Arizona paired with James Conner. Well, actually, I was going to swing back. So thinking about the kind of bigger, um, you know, top three running backs or at least situations that are open, do you have any team preferences? Um, that wouldn't – to go into Kansas City in the mock draft made me laugh for a lot of reasons because, you know, with CEH and a lot of people got excited, Rojo signed there, it would make sense that they – get some other running back and just crush three players value. Um, I, I, I think that's a great fit. I do think Andy Reed likes to have, he, 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 it's either a committee or a stud. He doesn't care which it is. He'll run his offense in whichever, which, whichever method it is. I think sending Tyreek Hill away I could I could see them being a little more run heavy. I feel like the passing game this year it's going to be, um, it, it, it's Mahomes and Kelsey. Those are the guys you want. I, I don't think Juju is going to get the volume that Tyree Kill did. So there's going to be Juju. There's going to be McCole Hardman. There's going to be uh, let's see Pringle's gone. Robinson's gone. There'll be somebody else there. Um, so I th- yeah. So I don't I don't discount that. Uh, I could see Atlanta, you know, if they're I don't think they I, I still I feel like they have a lot of things to work on. So I don't know that a running back fits there any more than uh, a top level quarterback does because they have to work through their cap hell and why why start a year early with some with the guys like a quarterback or a running back. Yeah, the Texans, you know, they got Marlon Mack. I you know, Brees Hall to the Texans, I think, would make sense. He would give them a, a true three-down back. As much as I love Marlon Mack, I'm not convinced he's he can, uh, after coming back, you know, he's a couple years removed from the Achilles. But I just don't know that it's going to be quite the uh, same um, type of production out of him. 
Yeah, Houston's team um, that that I looked at that I thought that opening was attractive. You mentioned kind of a later round back going to Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona comes up and does one in the in the second or third, finds an opportunity to get somebody who's a good pass catcher because with Chase Edmonds out of there, I mean Edmonds carried the ball, got plenty of passing opportunities. I think we saw James Conner. They loved what he gave them as kind of the bruiser and the goal line guy. Um, as much as it would break my heart for my Devin Singletary shares, I actually really like the Kenneth Walker to Buffalo because I think Buffalo is a team that's a very good offense that we've constantly wondered what they're they're doing at at running back. That could be interesting. If you're thinking about like a late third or fourth round, I still feel like Miami's not done building their backfield, and I like that running scheme that Mike McDaniel has. I'd be interested in the potential value of somebody going there. And Seattle is another team that's constantly been run first. It seems like Chris Carson's health isn't great. You don't hear much about that. I know Rashad Penny looked good when he was given a chance, and they sort of re-signed him back, but I doubt that they're done building their backfield. So those are some spots. I'd l- I wouldn't mind seeing Kenneth Walker go to Miami, even still, even though they've signed Edmonds and they've signed Mostert and they've got Gaskin. I think his skill set uh, as a runner, uh, he could be electric there. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's shift a little bit to wide receivers. Uh, unlike running back and quarterback, it seems like wide receiver – uh, is a little more highly prized out of this class. How many of those guys do you think will go in the first round? I'm going to say the over-under um, number being six and a half. Let's see. McShay has two, three. See, he's got me. I'm, I'm a little nervous about Chris Olave. Um, I feel like he is a... Uh, I think it, so. Let's see. Uh, McShay has seven going in the first round. Uh, Olave at wide receiver three makes me a little nervous. I, I, I think receiver is a position, a skill position that's bountiful this year. And there's some different types of receivers. Uh, you, you've got some, uh, you know, smaller, denser guys like uh, Jahan Dotson. You got some long and lean guys like Christian Watkins, Watson, um, you know, Garrett Wilson. It was interesting. I was listening to uh, a show the other day um, that they talked about Garrett Wilson and all they talked about was he's all his arms and legs are everywhere. His balance is terrible. He runs. He's constantly throwing his arms and legs around. Um, and then. uh I listened to another one and they're like, he's got the best body control in the class. And I felt like those seem to be at odds. I, you know, the comparison was Olave runs really, really smooth and doesn't have a lot of wasted motion. Whereas Wilson has more wasted motion um, and it tends to throw him off balance. Uh, But on the other end of it, Olave, uh, it doesn't take a lot to bring him down. I feel like, uh, Wilson is a lot more dog. So McShay has seven. I feel like that's a good number. If you were to set the over under, what did you set it at? Six and a half. Six and a half. I think I'd 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 take the gamble and and go with the over. 
Yeah, I'm taking the over too, especially, you know, the big question will probably end up being Green Bay because it, every fiber of their being tells them not to draft a wide receiver at the top of the draft. But after Adams went, after we saw Tyreek traded, I think some of those teams that we thought might go wide receiver probably are locked in. I think the Jets go, the Commanders could. Um, <laughs> Dallas has never met a wide receiver situation. They can't cock up by taking another one. So you just never know what's going to go in the middle. I think we're going to end up with a lot of them. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them go kind of out in the twenties as we're coming to the, toward the end of the draft um, to where teams are going to start picking for value and picking for people who, who can contribute. So McShay has Dotson going to Green Bay at pick 22. Um, or not, and McShay has that. So Mike Clay's projections, he has uh, Alan Lazard leading the team with 86 targets, Randall Cobb with 74, and Amari Rogers with 68. If Jahan Dotson goes to Green Bay at pick 22, does he immediately move to the top of the pecking order? Or is he going to have to earn it? I mean, because what Dotson's checking in, uh, I don't have his height weight. I think he's like those are some five hor- horrendous maybe. target numbers. How many targets does he have for Aaron Jones? Because are we just projecting Aaron Rodgers to look like Jordan Love? Aaron Jones has seventy-four targets projected by Mike Clay. If you told me one hundred and seventy-four, I would still believe it. <laughs> so now he's he has Rodgers attempting five hundred and fifty-eight passes. Which is not actually that many by some of the more elite passing offense standards. How many um, wide receivers do you think go in the first round, Matt? I set the over under at six and a half. That's a lot. Uh, I'll go under. I think six trying to think of who I don't know because you've got let me pull up my my thing here really quick I guess that projection isn't that bad for Rodgers either because he only had 531 last year and 526 the year before I mean there's a lot of talk obviously that the Chiefs will go wide receiver you know do I think do the Packers go wide receiver they should yeah, they should. Will they actually do it is the real question. Yeah, I, I would probably say at least six. Jets, I, like, I like this wide receiver class. I think there's a lot of – there's like real, three really good players and a bunch of guys I think can be good. I don't know that they're really, really good. So I don't know how the NFL is going to be like. I know you guys were just talking Jahan Dotson. Like, I don't think he's a first-round pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round. I don't know that I'd want him to be a first-round pick for my team. So I, I, I think six is a fair number. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes over, but I would say under then if you put it at 6.5. I'd, I'd say six. Six will go in the first round. So McShay has Wilson going to the Jets at four, uh, London going to Atlanta at eight, uh, Olave going to Washington at 11. Williams going to Kansas City at 17. Uh, Dotson going to Green Bay at 22. Burks to Arizona at 23. Christian Watson to Tennessee at 26. Uh, and that's it. 
for the first See, round. Yeah, I, I can't fathom Tennessee actually taking a first round receiver now that they went and got Robert Woods. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be they, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a receiver. I just don't think it's round one. Matt, do you think this will so be a Watson, big draft for wide receivers? Oh, go ahead, Dennis. I was going to say, if Watson goes to Tennessee, he has A.J. Brown projected with 130 targets, Robert Woods with 94, and Westbrook Aquina with 67. So, like... Where Watson's where where's his path to targets? It seems a little questionable. It's down there with Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Isn't that who they, they took last year? I mean, that draft last year tells you everything you need to know about how Tennessee feels about taking a wide receiver. If they took one in the first round, I don't I might have a stroke, but only after Mike Vrabel had a stroke. Um, so, I do think it's gonna be a good receiver draft though i think we're going to see quite a few go in the because there's a lot of teams that seem to want and need them and it feels like there's more um interest in the wide receivers of this class than there are in some of the other positions so what do you think of london going to atlanta because right now um now granted i just pulled these numbers off of mcshay's uh projections or not mcshay's clay's projections yesterday so he has uh, Olamide Zacchaeus leading the team, leading the wide receivers, excuse me, with 73 targets. Uh, he has Kyle Pitts at 115. Second on the t- wide receiver totem pole with targets is Kaderil Hodge with 63, Auden Tate with 47, Frank Darby with 37. So it feels like there's an opportunity for um, Drake London to get 100-plus targets as a rookie. I mean, I I think there's three guys, just, just to put it easily. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and for the most part, Traylon Burks. Although, if he went to Arizona, I would hate that land, spot, if I'm being honest. But those three are the guys I think, regardless of where they go, are going to be fine. I, I think just because of their talent, they're three. They're the only Tier 1 wide receivers I have. Those are the guys that I think, regardless of what offense they go to, they should be fine for fantasy. Anybody else, I think landing spot does matter. Like, I don't love Jahan Dotson to Green Bay. If I had to be honest, I think I think Olave would fit better in Green Bay, but I don't know that he falls that far. So that may be why they've got Do- he's got Dotson going there. You know, um, Garrett Wilson, I know I've seen a lot to the Jets. I think that'd be fine. But London, I mean, that gives him – he's not Julio Jones, but that gives them like that big target that they can use opposite of Kyle Pitts. So I'd be fine with it. I think he'd be just fine there with Mariota and whoever is going to be the quarterback of the future because it's not going to be Mariota. Yeah, and that's where I don't – are you guaranteeing that they're going to get 100 100- – targets are they going to have two receivers with 100 plus targets in that scheme i I feel like they're going to run and i also think you're going to end up with quite a few targets for cordero patterson i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up swinging out and playing a lot more as a receiver because they they don't have a lot that's the only the only appeal there for a high rookie is you don't have a lot of competition unless the nfl reverses field on that suspension for ridley 
Yeah, they have he uh Clay has Cordero Patterson with sixty three targets. Yeah, so he would be really your wide receiver too. Yeah, I think um I don't remember who it was. There was someone maybe covers the Falcons. I was listening for like 30 minutes uh, this morning to Sirius XM. Uh, uh, what is it? Fan- Fantasy Football Morning. Uh, God, what's his name? His name's on the tip of my John tongue. And I can't remember. John Hanson. They had someone from Atlanta on, and they were saying Orlando that they really Ledbetter. think it, Yeah, that's probably it. That they will probably go running back because they want to move Cordero Patterson back to wide receiver. So I do think that that is a goal for theirs. And Joe Herbert, or I'm sorry, Joe Hebert, I think I said your last name wrong, right. I apologize, Joe, because I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Uh, he is one of the guys who is always commenting on my videos. I, I have a lot of good discussions with him. He says he does not have Traylon Burks as his uh, tier one wide receiver, which is fair. I do know there are a lot of people who don't. I just I believe a lot uh, in Burks's upside. Uh, Dennis, where would you like to see, or I guess where is a really good fit for one wide receiver? Where's one wide receiver you think just like the fit would be perfect if they could land there? You know, I, I like London to Atlanta because of the path to relevance. Um, if it's, if I'm, let's say if I'm looking in the second round, maybe who, who can I get uh, a little bit later? If I'm going to go second round, some of the guys in there, Sky Moore. Uh, all right. McShay has George Pickens going to Indianapolis. I feel like, Pickens, you know, to me, that would be like, you need that, you need to, it's hard to put Pickens, a a presumably healthy Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. in there uh, as receivers when you've got Jonathan Taylor and all you want to do is like run the ball most of the time. So I don't know if I want to like that because I like George Pickens, but I I don't know if, if that's it. I could, you know, Pickens is somebody because he's coming off a health issue, he's somebody I could see maybe going to Tennessee and playing as the wide receiver three or four for the for, for the next couple years. And then in year three, breaking out with Robert Woods moving on. Um, that would be, be a, a good fit. Um, you know, do we want to put, do we need, who do we need in uh, Washington? You've got McLaurin, you've got Samuel, another guy who struggles staying healthy is Diami Brown going to break out? Like, is, is it, what, what would fit there is John Mechie, a guy that would be like a possession receiver that could, that would pair well with Samuel and um, McLaurin. It's uh, you know, there's, there's so many receivers that I I'm starting. We got spoiled in my eyes, starting with like the Odell Beckham class and having so many receivers have great rookie years and then stuff. So I feel like I'm trying to move towards guys that I don't, that are good, that can go into a good situation and wait their turn. So if somebody goes somewhere like, Tennessee where they can sit behind Woods and and AJ Brown. I think that's good. Um oh who else? If they go somebody that goes to Tampa, 
You know, Mike Evans is going to stop catching uh, a thousand yards worth of receptions at some point. So with Godwin and Evans there, uh, 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 somebody that could step up in a couple years or maybe step up sooner and be the wide receiver three. It was disappointing that Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, when given the opportunity over the last couple of years, kind of fizzled out um, going there. You know, Houston seems to have a good opportunity to get targets. So putting somebody there that could, you know, George Pickens to Houston to compliment um, Brandon Cooks would be a nice fit. Yeah, I liked the Wilson to uh, the Jets because that would be very fascinating to see him and Elijah Moore. They have Corey Davis. I like Michael Carter. That would really, you would know whether uh, Felix's guy, uh, Zach Wilson, is the answer or not because you've surrounded him with a really good young uh, core around there. And then I also, I'm really going to be fascinated. I think the Chiefs are taking one, at least one receiver with one of their first round picks. I like what they've done with Juju and MVS, maybe creating more of a team approach. Nicole Hardman's there, but I think there's a big opportunity uh, when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes and whichever are the ones that they go get. I'm going to be curious to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like I said earlier, Garrett Wilson has been mocked to the Jets by a lot of different people. I agree. I'd love to see that there. I, I think Zach Wilson is a decent quarterback and a guy like Garrett Wilson could really help him. And again, uh, Garrett Wilson's one of those guys, I think regardless of where he goes is going to thrive. Um, I mentioned Chris Olave earlier. I think just with how old he already is, how good of a route runner he is and everything, I think he would fit well with Rogers. We always worry about those rookies getting paired with Rogers and when we trust him, I think Olave would be a little bit different. He would be a good fit in my opinion for the Packers offense. Um, and then whoever the Chargers draft, because I feel like they're going to grab a wide receiver at some point. Whoever is drafted and is paired with Justin Herbert, I'm all in on because I think that's just going to be a phenomenal landing spot. So before we get out of here, Dennis, is there anything from the Dynasty Nerd side you'd like to uh, key our listeners in on? Well, I uh, would love to talk about the Dynasty GM. We're... Uh... Working fast and furious on version 2.0 that's going to roll out here in a couple months. It'll be bigger, badder than ever. Um, do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. The player shares tracker keeps track of your roster ship and get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off. That's all one word, ROUNDTABLE, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle it with the Dynasty GM to save even more. Uh, I think we got our own link now that we can include, like when we post the podcast, we can just put the link to it. If they click on that link, they'll go right to it and get, get the old 15% discount. And, you know, go follow the show. Follow us on Twitter. Go to your podcast and uh, podcast platform. Leave us a like and a review. We'd love to hear from you. Like, review, subscribe. It does a body good. It really does. It's been a while since we've asked for those. We we had we, we got like a really good amount of like rates and reviews for a while there. And then we just kind of stopped asking. And Joe mentioned, and I would love this, because I am a big Calvin Austin guy, but he said Calvin Austin to the Chiefs makes sense. I'd love it. I, I think Calvin Austin, I know he's tiny, and a lot of people don't like that, but I think he's a really good wide receiver. 
We'll be back on Friday with, uh, I don't know. Have we decided what we're going to talk about on Friday? No, we I just, just make it up that as we go along to cover up my cough there really quick. I was hoping there was yeah. an answer, but there wasn't. So we'll be back yeah. on Friday. We'll, we'll surprise you guys with our topic. Just follow as Dennis said on Twitter at roundtable FF. And you guys will see what we'll be talking about here soon. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you guys again on Friday. Okay.